you're listening to the Fire You Carry podcast. I'm Noel Lilly, and on today's episode, Kevin Welsh and I are talking about preparing for an oral interview with a fire department. This episode was brought on by a question from one of our listeners on Instagram, and it was something we hadn't done or actually ever considered doing, but we wanted to help out. So here we are. If you're not in that position where you are trying to ace an interview and get a job on the fire department, this episode actually still will be interesting to you as the interview process to get on with a fire department is different than any other interview process that we are aware of. So thank you for listening. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Fire You Carry podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Kevin Welsh. And I'm Noel Lilly. Today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, men or and future fathers out there. Your time is coming. This is a great day. Currently sitting in board shorts. The girls uh, threw water balloons at me when I got home, which was great. <laughs> Proper. Imagine if we did that on Mother's Day. Hey, happy Mother's Day, mom. And you just start blasting them with water balloons. I think it would go over pretty well. I think it'd be pretty po- pretty popular yeah, with wives. <laughs> Let's try it it's next still, year. They know I like pranks and stuff. But it's Father's Day, dude. It's great. It's good being home. We're going to be. And then, yeah, you have to cook. I mean, I don't know what you're doing, but I have to barbecue on Father's Day. You know. I saw a really funny meme the other day. And it was some guy just making a disgusted face. And it was something like Mother's on Mother's Day going out for a nice dinner at the steakhouse or whatever. And on Father's Day, you expect me to barbecue for you. (laughs) It's so accurate. So in turn, I'm putting on the New Balance shoes, high socks, jean shorts, and making it awkward for everybody. I I hope most of that's true and we can see a picture. Talking about my lawn. But it's a great day, man. my, My kids are all over me. It's been super fun already this morning. Love it. Where are you in the world right now? Well, you can't see me because I forgot most of my gear at home, which is why I sound different for those yeah. of you that can tell. I'm on a weird bootleg microphone, but I'm at work. Nice. And I'm in the uh, I'm in the smoking lounge, which is like, <laughs> it's like the mezzanine storage area, really. Yes. And there's this one guy that likes to come up here and smoke, so there's like an ashtray and stuff. But We're making it work, baby. <laughs> before we start, though, before we start, I do have to say that this last week, my wife, Heather, and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. 20 years. 20 years. And How old were you again when you got married? That's oh, amazing. man. I was a baby. I must have been 18. No. No, I was 19. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's been awesome. It's been really difficult. And we're only here together as a family because of the Lord. And what he's done in our lives. But I do have to say that Heather is just amazing. She's beautiful. She's an outstanding mom and a great wife. And it's been awesome. Huge blessing. And really bizarre to look at 20 years. It's gone by really quick. But yeah, have to do that. Have to shout that out because it's a big deal. And, it, and it's an accomplishment. I don't know about you, but in today's culture, you don't hear too many people that are 40 years old that have been married for 20 years. It's a big deal. Especially, you know, people say, Oh, I was too young when I got married. I was too this, I was too that. 
but we just had our 16th and that's, you know, we're in, we're in no man's land, right? I mean, we don't, our parents weren't married this long by far. So we're in uncharted waters, which is great. And I think there's, she says a lot about you guys as far as committing through thick and thin and the value of that and what comes out of it and watching your children grow. It's just amazing to have that partnership. So congratulations, guy. Thank you. Thank you. 20 years. 20 years. Two decades. Was Speaking of old, I went to the Blink-182 show. Oh, at, yeah. Um, with Calness. Oh, yeah. Jay Cal, dude. Justin was on the show. Calness. Uh, go back and listen to this episode. But got to, he had a tickets. And, of course, he got the pit because Justin's badass, you know? Well, yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, we won't. Uh, we won't probably. We probably won't be that close, you know. And as soon as we got there, Justin's like, we're going to the front. <laughs> and so, sure enough. Now, luckily, Blink is not like the most hard. It's not like a hardcore show, right? I mean, right, Blink, right. It's pretty poppy, you know. Um, but damn, we, there, there was definitely some motion, and we were definitely involved. It was pretty funny, dude. That's awesome. That's so fun. fun. But it was interesting to watch the generations. There's there was twenty year olds, thirty year olds, and forty year olds. Yeah, and and depending on what albums you were, like they played Cheshire <laughs> Cat towards the end, and the forty year olds were alive. All you know? stoked, and like, yeah. The middle songs were like their new stuff, and was mm-hmm. quietly watching. Yeah, right. I don't know if I've ever heard that song before. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's funny. But it was a lot of fun. That's great. So, so today, what do we what do we got? What do we got? Today we have. A special request. A gentleman reached out to us on Instagram and he wanted a recommendation for an episode that would be good to listen to if you were preparing for a oral interview for a fire department. Oh. And I thought back and the first thing I thought of was, man, our friend Rich Zuniga used to have the best content for that exact kind of thing, but it doesn't exist anymore. So I couldn't direct him to that. And I know we've talked about some small things on different episodes, but we didn't really have a dedicated episode to it. So I talked to uh, talked to you, Kevin. I said, "Hey, let's just do this. Let's do an episode real quick, and we hope we hope that it helps you out." Yes, I couldn't yeah. decipher your name from your Instagram handle, and I'm not going to try to read that on the internet. But this yeah. is for you. <laughs> What's well, load? That's a loaded, right? I mean, this is yeah. a. I was very naive when going into the fire interview portion, right? And so I thought I'd I'd come from the corporate world where you try to find things in common with the boss or the person that's interviewing you. You try to look around the room and if he had a golf club picture or something like that, you start to ask him about sports or their life or where they're from. And it's a two-way street. Well, you learn really quickly that a fire interview is not a two-way conversation. They ask you a question and you have about one minute to give an entire like response, but they, they, there's no back and forth going back and forth. At least that's how it was when we were going through. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to participate in your answer or try to lead you down a road or dig deeper. They just will take your answer and that's it. And most of the guys that I know and gals, they say they absolutely come out of the interview going, I have no idea what just happened. I don't know if I smashed it. I don't know if I failed miserably. Um, But I think there are some there are some keys to going into the fire that this is a it is a practiced skill. You can't just wing it and go in. In my opinion, you can't just wing it and go in 
because I do think that this is a practice skill. The way you give an oral interview for a fire department is much different than you would if you were going to get a job at Home Depot or desk job, I think. And I think, yeah, I think the first thing you have to do is prepare. If you were going to Glendale Fire Department, you need to know everything about the Glendale Fire Department. They have nine stations. They have three trucks. They have, you know, like you have to know everything. Not only that, about the city. You should know what is going on in the city, what kind of wildland urban interface they have. You have to just do your homework. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, 100 percent. That's the first thing I wrote down Mm. um, on my list. And it's totally true. That takes homework, but you live in an age where most of that homework is pretty easy to do. And then if there is stuff that you can't find on the internet, you can always call, if you don't live near the place, call a station, ask to talk to the fireman. Eventually, you're going to find a young fireman that's willing to help you out and will give you some of that information. Yes. And it's not like it's behind the scenes, like like cheating type of information, but it's literally what Kevin just said. We have X amount of stations. We have this many rigs. We do these kind of responses, that type of thing. And it shows your interviewer that you care enough about getting this job that you know a little bit. You've taken the time to look into the department. And it's a tradition that exists at different levels of different departments, but it's a great place to start and 100% you have to do it. Now, let's say step one is you prepare. All that you can do on the internet and calling stations like Noel said. You have to do your homework up front. Number two, if you have the time, you have to get awkward and call that same station and ask or people like Noel and I or Ridge Zuniga or friends in the fire service to say, can I do an oral interview preparation where you literally come in in a suit and tie, practice as you play, and you sit down and we will ask you questions and give you the experience. I, I always tell people to videotape it because you'd be shocked at these little tiny ticks that you have or that you're shaking your knee the whole time and you had no idea. But I think this, the second step is to prepare in that is to actually go do inner oral interview prep if you can with the different fire stations. You got to do it. When I was trying to get hired, I was working on getting hired at Fresno City and I had a couple of buddies that worked up there. And so they told me that I needed to do that. And thank God they did because I had no clue. And the first one that I did was a train wreck. And then they gave me a lot of good, a good feedback. And then I worked on it and came back and did it again. And, you know, it is, it's a practice skill and you get better. And just like Kevin said, it's not like a normal job interview. It is something that unless you've done it before, you're probably not going to do very well at it because it is so different than your traditional interview. So the practice is huge and I'm just going to repeat what Kevin said. If you can get into those departments and, and find guys that are willing to do that with you, that's the best because they're going to know kind of how their interview process went, the types of questions that were answered or asked, maybe not necessarily the exact ones, but kind of the theme of them. Secondary to that would be guys like me and Kevin, you know, call us up, see if it's something that we can help you out with if we live close to each other or whatever. And then worst case scenario, you can't find any of that. You don't have any buddies in the fire department. Your local stations aren't willing to talk to you. Get your uncle, your dad's friend that runs a car dealership, something, and look on the internet, get a list of questions and practice 
having them ask you and you give the answers, do some sort of practice where you're working on those responses, you're working on your posture while you're talking, all that kind of stuff. So that when you go in and it is the interview, it's not the first time that you've done something like that. Yes. And when it comes to the interview, let's set this, let's set the scene here, Noel. We got you're going to go to an office building. Sometimes on smaller stations or smaller departments will go to a station, but you walk in and there's a bunch of other guys that look just like you. And one of the things I say is that there are a lot of people that wear like flashy suits out on the internet on Instagram. This is not a day to choose something flashy or one of those new trendy suits where the pants are high and you're wearing no socks. It's not the day, <laughs> right? This is not the day. Like you want to look almost like what a politician looks like. It's either a blue suit, like a dark blue suit with a white shirt and a blue tie. I mean, that's pretty standard. Some people say like a red tie is too abrasive. So that's a power tie, you know, but I, what, what's your opinion on this? No, I would say you get a basic, super classic cut suit with, you know, black shoes, dark socks that match and, and nothing just too flashy or outrageous. Yes. Yeah. Once again, as per our usual arrangement, I agree with you a hundred percent. And uh, that what you just described was like a total perfect picture of what I wore. And I'm sure what you wore yes. <laughs> to your interviews when we got hired. Dark blue, white shirt, dark blue tie. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to do it. Like, even if they don't give you a dress code, which I can't remember if we, I don't Nobody think they says. actually Nobody said says. anything. No, but you better show up. But you got to show suit. up like that. And yeah. And if you are sitting in the waiting room and the other, there's a couple other guys there in business casual or whatever, don't worry about it. You're doing the right thing. And it's just something you have to do. I actually had to go out and purchase a suit just for the interviews that I was doing because I didn't own one prior to that. But, you know, it's a small investment for what hopefully will turn out to be a lifetime of wonderful public service. And just to, a point of advice, there's, I would not go to an expensive store to buy a suit. I would go to one of those suit outlet places and you know, you'll actually get for a couple hundred dollars. Tim Ferriss just did a whole bit on this where he went to LA and they had to go to the Hollywood suit outlet for some event and dinner. And he got this like a $200 suit. This is a multi multi-millionaire. And he said he got suit, shirt, tie, shoes, belt all for like 200 and something dollars. So I would go to one of those suit outlets and if you want to spend any money, it's in the tailoring of the suit to make it look fitted. So the show that, hey, you're a fit guy and a tailoring could cost 50 to 100 bucks and you're out the door looking good. You do. Please do not buy some outrageous suit that looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I do see those guys like I've seen those guys that had like this super trendy suit. The, the one that stood out for me is the guy that had like the mid shin pants with his legs exposed with no socks on. And it, like you see basketball players like in millionaires and Instagram people wearing that. It looked absurd in the fire setting. I'm just letting you know. And you can guarantee that the people sitting on the other side of the desk or table from you, they're not that person. And so they're not going to no, know dude. what you're doing. They're not no. going to be impressed by a brand no. name or ankles showing. They're, oh, <laughs> they're going to be out on that. No. <laughs> And there's a couple of things. When you go in, I always recommended people to 
pre-plan the place. Go look at where the parking is. Do you need to oh, pay yeah. to park? Do you need to get a voucher to get in? Where is it? Le- where is it located? Dude, that's good advice. My thing is, is there a bathroom in there? Because if it's in the morning and I just had coffee and I drove two hours away, I'm probably going to have to roast one when I get there, right? So <laughs> I'm going to be nervous, right? Like, I think you got to pre-plan it. Where are you going to? Where are you going to like? Where are you going to park? And then you have to go early. Like a hundred percent of the, I have a couple of examples, one for LA city specifically, and I'm not tuning a horn, but I did get a hundred on their oral. Yes. Is the, I think my oral interview was at 8 AM, which is one of the first or second ones or something like that. And I got there at like 645 and I just hung out. And then I was in the lobby, you know what I mean? I was, and then some guy never showed up. And the chief looked around and then the captain came out and said, well, this guy never showed up, but this guy's here an hour and 15 minutes early. You want in? I said, yes, sir. I'm ready to go. And he's like, I love it. Let's go. <laughs> and so I think that started off the That's first huge. impression yeah. of that yeah. interview. I was already, I was already, they were already into me. Right. Yep. So like anything, you got to show up early. Yes. There is nothing worse than showing up for something important. And you timed it right. You got there, quote unquote, on time, but now there's nowhere to park or right. <laughs> you need a restroom. And right. now you're going into it. You're you're back on your heels. You're stressed out and nervous because everything fell apart when you got there. That's great. That's really solid. Pre-plan. So, show up early. And one of the things I want to give you like a concrete example, at least in my opinion, on why you have to do your homework and like Noel was saying, you have to prepare is there's things like the fire department will have a mission statement or core yes. values. And so those core values, let's say for LA County fire department, what are they? Integrity, teamwork, caring, community. Well, you can't just regurgitate those. A lot of the times what's going to happen is there's going to be a non-fire department employee, maybe somebody from HR, where the fire department will, guy will ask you about something very specific about firefighting. The, the, the HR person doesn't know that. But if they they will be given a list and a sheet of common words that are in the mission statement or the core values, and all they're doing is checking the boxes to see if you made those words. And so let's say they say, Kevin, why do you want to be a firefighter? And you say, sir, I came from a big, large, caring family. I grew up playing sports and I thrived in a teamwork setting. (laughs) I loved my community. And I think my dad is my hero and he's got the most integrity of possible. I just hit like four of those things in, and I'm just spitballing. But if you use those things from the mission statement or the core values in your answer, no matter what they ask you, I think that goes a long way for them to know that you did your homework. Yep. And those are the things that they're going to be looking for. So in the preparation, you're really kind of doing two different types of preparation there, right? You're looking at logistical stuff, stations, when was the city founded, all that kind of stuff. But then core values stuff goes into the spirit of the department. And as cheesy as what Kevin is saying sounds, that is the way the process works. I'm not saying you sound cheesy, Kevin. I'm just saying, yes, just saying, just saying the buzzword, like really, but no, really, they want to hear that. And they literally most likely have a checklist and they're waiting for you to say the word integrity. And that- 
Yeah, and and that's why and that's why we have to say that this is a practice skill because you and I nobody talks like we that. We don't talk like that, yeah. Nobody talks like that. And you you know you hear people say you can't say a canned answer, but at the same time you actually have to practice what you're going to say so that it does sound fluid. And so when it does come out, it does sound sincere and it is honest for you, but you're also using those words that they that somebody wants to hear. Yeah. So when I I was tell a quick story to kind of illustrate these points. I was trying to get hired at Fresno City. Like I said, I had practiced. I had gone to their oral interview, which was a panel of four captains and a human resources person. And I had done well. I don't remember what I scored, but I was like number 11 on their list and they were going to hire 30 guys or something like that. So I was in. I thought I was in. I was just waiting for a tower date. And then I had to come down to LA County to do another one. I didn't want to do it. My dad told me that I needed to. And so I did because he said so. Father's Day. You got to listen to your father. And I did none of the preparation that we're talking about. I didn't look up the county. I didn't have any idea how many stations they had. I didn't know what their core values were. And the only reason I survived the interview is because the way they handled it was different than in the other interview that I had had where they asked, what do you know about LA City Fire? They didn't ask me that about the county. They said, what does integrity mean to you? One of the core values. And can you give us an example in your life where you demonstrated integrity or saw someone else demonstrate integrity. And that was the only thing that saved me was that I had life experience and I could talk about those type of ideas, partially based on the fact that I had done my practice with the Fresno City guys, but then also because I had kind of lived some life beforehand. And then you've probably heard on the podcast before, but shortly after that, Fresno City stopped hiring people for years. So I didn't get in and the county picked me up. But the only reason I survived that interview was because I was able to somewhat intelligently, intelligently enough say, you know, what does community mean to you and tell a story. And so that saved me and got me passing and here now, but if I had been better prepared, I would have done even better and probably would have got hired sooner than I did. Yeah. And I think that's all that's fantastic stuff. And I think the basics of speaking are also come true. You had a great point right there. If somebody asked you and you're sitting across the table to you, what does integrity mean to you? If you just, where I failed miserably in the beginning of taking oral exams, which I probably took over 30 of them, is I just started going and just throwing it out there because I was really nervous, right? But I think the wise thing to do is to listen to the question, is to actually take a tactical pause and it's okay to be silent for a minute and think about your answer and then proceed. So if Noel asked me, what does integrity mean to you? Well, it sounds ridiculous. If it's like integrity is doing the right thing when you're like, well, hold on. If you, if you actually thought about it and you just take a second and you look at them in the eye, I think it becomes powerful. Like you watch anybody in public speaking, when they take a tactical pause, you're waiting for that answer to come out or the end of that story. So I always think it's really powerful if you can actually show that you're thinking about the question that they ask and then take your time to answer it and slow down. And smile. Yeah. If you listen to our episode with Joel Weldon, like you can hear it right now. I'm smiling right now. Yeah. So yeah. if you're like me and you have permanent resting dick face, you've got to <laughs> practice smiling while you talk uh, in this kind of environment. And it'll translate into things later on. Like when you're talking to your wife or your kids, do the same thing because they don't like it when you're scowling at them and you look like 
I don't know. You look like James Reese. It's no good. So James Reese. Put a little smile on your face and answer the question while you're looking at the people in the room. You're making eye contact, not in an uncomfortable way where you're just staring at one person. But if you got multiple people in there, which you will look from one to the other, give each person a little bit of individual attention. Answer the question. Like I said before, make sure that your posture is good. You're sitting up straight in your chair. You look happy to be there, which means you're going to sound happy to be there. Like all that stuff, all that intangible stuff makes a huge impact. And if you imagine the inverse of that, where you're kind of sitting slouched, you're not really, you're looking at the table, you're looking at your hands, you're not happy to be there because you're nervous, which is understandable. doesn't matter how good your answers are. You're presenting yourself in a negative light and that's going to be noted. And depending on how they're scoring it, that might mean you fail that interview. And to that point, like Kevin said, most guys take dozens of these, if not more. So don't let that be a discouraging factor. If this is something you want to do, you got to pick yourself back up after not getting chosen from that by that department and you got to move on and do another one. You're going to get better each time. And eventually that department that you're supposed to be at is going to offer you a job. It's a yeah. long road most of the time for most guys. And in fact, I I hope you get encouraged to like maybe get, you know, do not do your best. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but I encourage you to say, good. I got things to improve on. Like John would say, good. I didn't make that one up. I got to get better and you got to get better and you got to get better and you keep practicing it because I mentioned I got a hundred on LA city's oral. Great. And I passed the, all their stuff. And then they had a six year hiring freeze. Right. <laughs> and so you never know what's going to happen. And in, in the midst of that, like I was on LA County's thing for three years on their list. And in the, in the middle of that, that's where I switched over. But I thought for sure I was going to LA city cause I passed and I did really well, but you never know what's going to happen. So you have to basically keep a very humble spirit. And that's exactly what I wanted to bring up too. Is like Noel said, you have to smile and there's a weird balance of confident, but not cocky, mm-hmm. right? They have to know that there's somebody sitting across from you that that you, that is somebody that they want on their team in a very tough emergent situation. I you have to portray confidence, but if you're cocky, that's not somebody that they want to live with and eat food with. There's a weird balance, and I think that comes with the prep. At and and it's only going to take practice and looking at yourself back in the road, saying, "I am ready to go. You're the I am the person that you want, and I am humbly looking forward to getting started." You know, like however that portrays off to you. But there's a weird balance there. Yeah, there is a weird balance there. And it, it's difficult to do. But with practice, it can be done, especially if you get asked a question like, what does integrity mean to you? And give us a story of how you demonstrated that in your own life. Well, now you're selling yourself. And yes. for some people, that's really easy to do because you do it all the time. But for most guys, I think we don't do a lot of that. And it's hard to do it without feeling like you're just tooting your own horn and talking about how great you are. But in that context, they just asked you to do that. So hopefully you can, but you've got to balance it. Just like Kevin said, you got to balance it to where you're confident in your answer and you're being honest. That is another key thing. You have to be honest. Don't make stuff up because they'll be able to tell. (laughs) And that'll, that'll sink your ship faster than anything else. But you got to also be honest and, and say, yeah, this this is the time. This is what I did. This is how that went down. This is what I learned from it. And you got to be okay with that. And if you're the type of person that doesn't like to talk about yourself that way, you need to practice it. 
so that you can do it in such a way that you don't sound arrogant. Yes. So let's get into content. You've done your homework. You're there. They're going to ask you typically three to five questions. That's all you got. And in those three to five questions, you have to tell them who you are, what you're about, and why you shouldn't be getting hired. So a lot of them sometimes, I think people make the mistake of trying to talk like they have experience in the fire or EMS world hmm. where nobody cares. Yep. In fact, I think that's a detriment to you. If you talk about what an amazing full arrest rescue you had and you got pulses back on a person on a CPR thing on the ambulance, or if you were on a volunteer fire department and you were cutting holes left and right on a structure fire, I think that could be a detriment in my opinion. I think you have to look for other experiences in your life to draw from. And we actually were having guys that were coming on, write down different stories in their life, time they had to adapt and overcome in regular life. Or did you push a car out of the middle of the road where a grandma was stuck or run out of gas or something like that? There's, those are those things that everybody can like thinking like, oh, you did a great job in it. So I think if you just try to think like they want to hear this because it's badass, well, nobody cares. They've been, most of the captains on this board have been there and done that. And it could be, I don't think they're going to hire you just because you have this incredible experience. In fact, they know you don't have any experience. Cool story, bro. That's, exactly. that's, the, that's the response you're going to get. Cool story, bro. Yeah. Right. You're talking to people who have done everything and have seen everything and they don't, they don't need a guy to come in with that awesome experience. That's not what they need. They need somebody that can come in and be part of the team, learn the way that department does it, become part of their fire department family live and work in the stations. Like that's what they need. And they know from experience that they can do that with somebody like me with zero fire experience, mm. zero EMS experience, but with the right set of values, the right temperament, whatever it is that they're looking for. And they can build you into the fireman that then can go out and get that experience. So even if you do have it, I, I agree with you, Kevin, once again, you yeah, can mention it, but I would not, I definitely would not go down the road of, of telling war stories. I mean, even in the military sense, like from my time back then, that's just like a huge red flag. Like if that's what you want to talk about and try to base, like try to create your reputation based on that. Good luck. Yeah. It's not going to go well because we all cool story, bro. Like I've, I get it. I've seen it. I've done it. But who are you as a person? Right. Yeah. If you're married. I hope you talk about your wife. If you're if you're a father, I hope you talk about your kids. If you don't have a wife or kids, I hope you talk about your niece or nephew or or your your you know whatever your your godparent or you volunteered somewhere. And they, there's a human touch. There's somebody like us who who is married that do have kids that are the soccer coach. They want to see that that that's something similar that they can live with, that you have a good heart, you're a good person. And like Noel said, they'll teach you how to throw ladders. The rest of the character stuff is what they cannot teach. And I'll encourage you with this too. If you're a younger guy, you don't have a ton of life experience and you're like, man, I don't have any stories like that. You may or may not get asked a question like that where you have the opportunity to share something like that, but you should be prepared. And it doesn't matter how small or innocuous you think the story is, if it demonstrates what they're looking for, it, it really doesn't matter. So Kevin's example of pushing a car out of an intersection is a great, that's a great one. 
you've done stuff like that. You probably don't really remember it, but if you practice this stuff and start thinking about that, you realize I do have some stories. They're not like awesome, riveting, write a book about stories, but there are little things that have happened in your life that you can use to demonstrate that you understand the core values. This core value aligns with this story that I have, this experience, and you can tell those stories. And you know, don't worry about it if it's saving a couple of ducks out of a storm drain or pushing a car out of an intersection. Yeah, that's not big, exciting stuff, but it does demonstrate your character. And that could be, probably is, exactly what they're looking for. And let's go in. We're talking about character, right? And honesty has to be paramount. I think a giant failure, I remember it was at, I was at Culver City. It's a small fire department. I think they have three stations. And that was a little bit more detailed, right? They have, a, they have, there's a little bit more back and forth. They actually have to, you give them a resume too, and it showed them everything. You're like your education, your experience, your whole thing. And so I, I passed a, the first round of interviews with the Kelly captains and I went to the chief's role interview, which is the second level, right? And when I went there, he had questions on my resume that one of the BCs, because I did not graduate Cal State Long Beach, but I put it on there. I put it, I played soccer there. I didn't graduate though, right? And I said something in my answer about being a lifelong learner and that I I enjoy education <laughs> and I've done this. And he goes, and he's like, he looks at my thing and because I left Long Beach State and I went into the business world and I never took a class after that until I started taking fire science classes. And so he looked at, it, he's like a life learner, huh? How come you didn't graduate college? And it was down in flames, right? So I don't know why I said life learner, right? I was nervous, but is that honest? Like, no. Now, I remember getting to the LA City or LA County, and I just owned up to it. I said, college wasn't for me. I said, I tried it. I met some great people. I had some wonderful experiences, but I like to work. I like to earn. And I, I feel like that's one of the reasons I'm attracted to the fire service is that it's not just about education. It's about your heart. It's about your personality. It's a, you know what I mean? I, and I went in down that road and it worked out and that was more honest. Right. And so I think you have to be honest, whatever you have. A hundred percent. And this isn't related to the topic, but I mean, if you're at that point, you've already been through backgrounds, but that whole thing, honesty in this line of work is paramount. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And you'll, you'll observe those reasons when you get into this line of work of why, oh my gosh, I do really need to be a man of integrity and I need to be surrounded by men of integrity. Otherwise this thing doesn't work. That is why if there's any hint at dishonesty in you personally, they're probably going to pass you by because they can't risk it and you can't compromise on that. Even if it means you have to say something that's a little bit compromising, that's a little bit embarrassing about your past or that you're not proud of, just be honest about it, own it. And that'll actually get you further than you think. Absolutely. All right. So we, we've, you've prepared, you got the suit, you're ready, you know where it's at. You've got the mission statement down, your core values down. You've hopefully you've gone to the fire stations and prepped with other people in the fire service. So you know how to answer a question, what, no matter what they throw it at you. There's, I always want to bring it back to the very end. There's a trick question at the end of most fire interviews. And they say, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say? Or is there anything else you'd like to add? Hmm. That Most of the questions are open-ended. The first one is, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why do you want to be a firefighter? That is, and I want to tell you too, you cannot take 10 minutes to answer this question. They say, it's, it's one minute to two minutes tops. 
in that. And that's what you have to practice one to two minutes, which is harder than you think. But Noel, tell me about this closing statement, which I call like look up online at your elevator speech, which is if you had Elon Musk and he got in your elevator and you had an idea, you have one minute to pitch to him who you are, what it's about, and you got to go. And so I think this is an opportunity that you have to take when they say, is there anything else to like to add where it's your Rudy moment? You got to give them why you are there, what you are about and why you are going to add to the team. It's a, it's a great moment. And it's also yes. super stressful because it's over and you know that you don't know how you did, but this could be the moment that decides it. Forget all that. If you've prepared enough, you know, Hey, I, I had a couple of things I really wanted to hit and it was integrity, teamwork, caring, and commitment. And I only got two of those in on my answer. I'm going to try to incorporate the other ones that I missed into this closing statement somehow. So you're thinking about that. And then you want to be real genuine and honest and sell yourself a little bit. More than that, though, I would say you want to sell the reasons that you have that you're trying to get into their fire department, how you want to go there and learn and become part of the team, the family, you want to assimilate, you want to serve the community, you want to be of service to others, you want to help people that can help themselves, however you choose to word it, but take all those things that you were able to say in your other answers and restate them, add in the things that you didn't get to and tie it up with a little bow, make sure that at the closing of that, you're thanking them for their time and for the opportunity to speak with them that day. And again, this is where your posture and your facial expression and, and not tapping your knee, not rubbing your hands, all that kind of stuff also comes into play even more so because now they're not looking for anything specific. They're just sitting back and watching you and listening. And it just comes back down to the practice that, that Kevin brought up at the beginning. You got to practice, practice that one practice it, practice it. Yeah. And I, I remember very, I don't remember specifically what I said in my closing speeches, but I do remember it like with LA County, which I did well on as well, is that I remember going in there and, and taking a pause and I had been through 30 tests, right? 30 oral exam, right? <laughs> and you know, some of them were not very welcoming. When I, I asked to do oral interview prep, I'd show up with ice cream and they say, not today, kid. And I drove two hours to get there and you just got closed doors, but LA County was different. There was a lot of people that opened the doors. Right. And I knew we've talked about it. I had chosen to be, I knew that's what I was going to do for a living. And I had burned the bridge behind me. And so I vocalized that. I said, I've taken a lot of tests. I've been to a lot of fire stations. One thing that stood out to me is every time I asked somebody from LA County, they opened the door and I felt comfortable here. And I know without a shadow of doubt in my mind, I know to my heart that I will become a firefighter. But I know now after meeting these people and going to station 15 and going to 185s and going to and, and that this is where I'm supposed to be. L.A. County is where I am supposed to be. I know I can make a difference and I know I want to be with these people and I feel that it's my destiny. And I said, I can't wait to have the opportunity to make you proud and to make the community. You know, it's something like that. Right. Where I'm like, and that was my yeah, minute. Yeah, that was my minute. Excited. Right. And so you got to make it your own. But that's similar to what it should be. Right. And that's not, very, it's, it's not, I mean, I didn't practice that right now, but it has to be from the heart and you have to get them motivated to let that captain who has 30 years on remind them what it was like to sit in your seat. 
which is tough. Yes. Yeah. You nailed that, dude. I would have hired you right now. Let's go. (laughs) I will say too, to Kevin's point about going to stations and getting turned away, that is a reality. There are departments, there are stations where you're not going to find guys that want to help. Don't get discouraged. That guy exists in that department that wants to help you because somebody helped him and you just got to find that person. So don't get discouraged. Keep calling. Keep stopping by. I mean, don't don't overdo it, but 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 keep looking because you can find those people that want to help you through this process and that can give you some great opportunities to practice and some good insight because Kevin and I are obviously trying to help you get through this process if that's where you're at, but we do work for the same organization and every organization is going to be a little bit different. So if you can get that insider knowledge, that insider experience, it's going to be exponentially helpful to getting hired with that organization. But you probably will have to do some legwork and be humble about trying to find the right individual that's willing to give you that time. But they're out there. Yes. And I'll tell you what, there are more people that are willing to give you time if they see that you're willing to put in the work, right? If you show up and you say, yeah, I got an interview next week. And we asked you if you know anything, you call anybody, you talk to anybody and you're like, nah, whatever, dude, I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I'm super fit and I'm ready to go. Like, I've been on the ambulance for five years. Yeah, whatever, dude. You know, in, well, yeah, kick rocks. You know what I mean? Like if you show that you're hungry and humble and you have put in some work, then of course we're going to help you out more. So I'd say before you reach out, do a little homework yourself. Yeah, that's super smart. Because the guys that are going to be helping you, you you could potentially be working with them a year right. be a year from then. So you want to present even to those guys, even though they have nothing to do with the hiring process, but you want to present to them like, hey, I, I could be a guy that could ride in the rig with you. Do you yes. want to help me? And then <laughs> make yourself into a person that they do want to help because they're like, yeah, you seem like a good dude. Be a good dude. And culturally, the last thing I would say is that if you do talk to somebody and they do say, yes, you can come in, culturally, you need to bring something. Yep. Whether it is some cookies, a pie, you have to bring some sort of dessert into the fire station. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Every time you show up. Yes. Just do it. Do it. Bring it in. Well, I don't know. I hope that helps you guys out there. We're, it's, Noel and I are a little bit removed from the fire. and There's a lot of people online that do this better. But I think that's a good starting point to say, if you're looking to get into this world, those are things you can start with. And there's, there's tons of resources now, like YouTube wasn't a, the, as big as it is now, but I think there's tons of stuff out there that you could look up, but um, yeah, hit us up, let us know if you need help. And I'm always down to have you come in, do a mock oral. Yep. And if you got any other questions, you can reach out to us. I know at least in my case, in this topic specifically, I probably won't know the answer, but I know people that do, so (laughs) we can point you in the right direction. Yes. But yeah, hopefully this was helpful. If you got other stuff, other questions, things you want us to talk about, hit us up. We love talking about stuff, whatever it is. And this is an episode specifically that we probably would not have done ever without being asked. So thank you, guy on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Shut it down. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta go you gotta go see your family dude i gotta go barbecue on you gotta go barbecue for yourself <laughs> throwing down tri-tips yes <laughs> this has been the fire you carry podcast 
thank you for listening. We really appreciate you doing so. If you've got anything else that you're curious about that you'd like us to talk about, hit us up. Instagram's a good way to do it. You can reach out to us if there's something you think we should do an episode on. We're always open to ideas. Can't promise that we'll do it, but doesn't hurt to ask. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week. permanent resting dick face.